If you don't complete the stress cycle, that high alert running from a lion state is where you live. With high levels of stress hormones, high neurologic awareness and stimulation, and hypervigilance, and I have been there when I was burned out, and being in that state is exhausting. Welcome to the PA is in, the show created by PAs for PAs, where codependency with your supervising physician is a thing of the past, optimal team practice is the future, and physician associate has taken the place of physician assistant as the professional title of choice. I'm Tracy Bingaman, and I'm obsessed with redefining what success as a PA looks like and what it feels like. Here you'll find the mindset shifts, systems, and processes I use to escape healthcare burnout and integrate my work into my life. Work-life balance is a myth, and an integrated life where you thrive professionally, not a balancing act, is the goal here. My mission is to help you to grow into a unicorn PA who loves their job, has abundant energy, time to spare, and work-optional financial freedom. The PA is in. When I graduated from PA school, my mom asked me what I wanted as a gift. I wanted a special piece of medical jewelry that I could wear every day. Searching the internet, I could find one single caduceus necklace, and it was slim pickings design-wise. Thankfully, we now have V Coterie, my go-to source for everything from adorable medical pins with witty puns and necklaces with charms for every specialty and area of medicine. They are on a mission to heal the healer through thoughtful design for healthcare workers, and V Coterie hits it out of the park again and again. Head to vcoterie.com to check out their latest collection of jewelry. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of The PA Is In. Today, we're going to talk about how to complete the stress cycle. We've been talking a lot about burnout, what it is, my journey with burnout, your journey with burnout. And one of the most important things to avoiding burnout or recovering from burnout is figuring out how to complete your stress cycle. We're going to break down what the difference between the stress and the stressor is and what things you can do to mitigate some of those effects of stress in your life. So first things first, we're going to talk about the stress cycle and completing that cycle. But in order to do that, we need to really understand what stress is. So here's a quick breakdown on the difference between stress and the stressor. The stressor is the thing that causes your stress. It's kids and marriage trouble. It's unreasonable demands at work. It's a sick or crashing patient. The stressor is the full in-basket of unanswered messages and lab results or the page of notes for today that you still need to sign. Simply put, stressors are anything that activates the stress response in your body. A stressor can be anything that you see, smell, touch, taste, hear, or even imagine might be able to cause you harm All of those things are potential stressors. These stressors, they can be internal or external. External stressors are some of those that I just shared. Work, financial pressures, schedules, family demands, the time crunch that we feel in this modern world, cultural norms, expectations, and more. Internal stressors are things like our identity, memories, body image, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and criticism of ourselves. 
There are a whole lot of things in this life that can cause us to feel threatened and activate that stress response. It can honestly feel incredibly overwhelming to think about the sheer number of stressors in the world that exists outside and inside of ourselves. So that's the stressors. That's the things that activate this stress response in our bodies. Now, let's talk about stress. I wish we could just say stress doesn't exist, don't worry about it, just let things go, but unfortunately, that's not how it works. So stress is a physiological and neurological reaction that happens in the body when we encounter a threat. Learning to have a stress response is how we evolve to live, thrive, survive, and respond to things like being chased by a lion. Being chased by a lion is this thing that we often use as an example because cavemen, cave women, cave people encountered lions apparently in their day-to-day functioning. So let's take being chased by a lion, for example, to really break down the physiology of your stress response. So I want you to close your eyes, unless you're driving, and then don't, and pretend you are a caveman, woman, or person. You're out and about, you're minding your own business, taking a stroll, or probably more accurately, since I don't think cave people had a lot of leisure time, you're hunting or gathering to survive. And bam, suddenly there's a lion, and you're like, oh shit. So you have three options, fight, flight, or freeze. So your brain immediately starts calculating which response is best in this specific situation. And you think quickly, like in the span of seconds, I've been working out. I think I can take, I've been working out, but I don't think I can take this lion. So I'm not going to fight him. Freeze doesn't sound like a great option because I'll be lunge. So your brain says, okay, flight it is. We're going to run. So you take off running. Your heart is pounding, your legs are pumping, adrenaline is here for the party, and this epinephrine, it's helping your muscles get the blood flow, and your energy stores are mobilizing to help you run your best mile time ever, because it has never mattered so much if you can outrun something or someone as it does in this moment. You see increases in your blood pressure, your pulse, your muscle tension, your pupils dilate, you're alert and attentive, you're downright vigilant on making sure that you don't fall. It's not a good time to trip or take time to smell the proverbial flowers that you're running past when you're in the midst of running for your actual life. Your one single goal is to survive. You want to outrun that lion. All of your body systems are reacting to the lion to help you get the heck out of there. So what are the things in the midst of being chased by a lion and actually running for your life that you don't need to do right now? It is unimportant for you to digest your food, fight off a virus, recover your body, heal prior injuries, or reproduce. All of those systems are downregulated as a part of your stress response so that you're able to focus on the pressing issue of the stress at hand. Stress reaction is a complicated multi-system response that includes neurology, vascular, metabolism, and more. All of those systems are working in concert to help you run, to help you fight, flight, or freeze, depending on what you choose. So then what? So you're being chased by a lion. Either your mile time is shorter than the lion's and you, I'm sorry, longer. Either you're slower than the lion and you get eaten which is unfortunate, and that's how you die. 
or you get away. So if you escape and you outrun the lion, you evade him, or you make it back home to your village, you yell for help, your fellow cave people come out and help you, excellent news. You make it home, they come out, they slaughter the lion. Um, can you slaughter a lion? I probably should have paused this story and maybe should have used this disclaimer before I started talking about cave people is that stress is my specialty and burnout is my specialty and negotiation and money and boundaries and wellness are my specialty, but history is not my specialty. Specifically, um, I'm not that <laughs> familiar with prehistoric history or the historical accuracy about a lion chasing a cave person and if his village or her village would have slaughtered said lion. So please forgive any historical inaccuracies about my story about cave people. But so you outrun the lion, you make it home, you yell, everyone comes out, they celebrate your escape, they may or may not kill the lion, and then they use a fire to cook it. I have no idea. But in the end of this outrunning the lion, there is joy and relief and celebrating. You take deep breaths. You hug your family and friends. And then maybe you sing and dance around said fire if you have discovered fire at this point in your cave woman, man, person life. And then when all is said and done, you take this calm, cleansing breath. You give thanks to the gods and the universe that you lived to see another day, that you outran the lion, that your flight response worked. And your stress response cycle is complete. And then you live happily ever after. So what is the problem here? So the cave person outrunning the lion actually does complete their stress response cycle and they're not stuck in that stress. The problem is that our body doesn't know the difference between a lion and a full in basket of test results and a disparaging comment from a coworker or even the criticism in our own mind. We react to the stress, all of those different circumstances, all the same. So sometimes the behavior that we use to address the stressor doesn't help us to complete the stress cycle. So outrunning the lion did. So if you got chased by a lion, you ran away, you got away, you completed the stress cycle in this cave people scenario and you eliminated the stressor or outran the stressor. But what about your overdue notes or your full inbox or your full in basket? That's the stressor. The behavior that addresses the stressor is sitting down and completing notes or replying to all tasks or calling your patients, finishing up for the day or for the week. What if, let's just use our imaginations here, you're running away from the lion and poof, he disappears. So you're trucking it, you're pumping your arms, you are running, he's hot on your tail and suddenly, poof, he's gone. So you look around and there's no sight of the lion. So first of all, you're super confused, like what happened, right? Your heart is racing, you're ready to run, you're ready to take flight, but now you have no reason to run away. So you're confused. The threat has disappeared, but you haven't completed the stress response cycle. So simply eliminating the stressor, whether it's a disappearing lion or in the in-basket scenario, doesn't mean you're not gonna feel stressed. Your body isn't sure what to do with that stress. You're stuck inside the stress response. You don't yet realize that it's okay, that it's safe, that the lion is gone or the inbox reads zero. 
Simply knowing those things to be true is not enough. What your body needs is a signal from you that all is okay, that it's safe for you to relax, to rest, to digest, to be calm and not be hypervigilant or stressed out or on high alert. If you don't complete the stress cycle, that high alert running from a lion state is where you live. With high levels of stress hormones, high neurologic awareness and stimulation, and hypervigilance, and I have been there when I was burned out, and being in that state is exhausting. It's also dangerous. It's unsafe for our bodies to live stressed out every minute of the day. When you're in that high stress state, your body doesn't have a chance to do the things that we know to be physiologically necessary for you to thrive. You can't digest well. You can't fight off infections. It's hard to recover your cardiovascular health. You don't have this ability to repair your muscles, bones, or reproduce. Essentially, you can't rest and you can't heal when you're stuck in the middle of an incomplete stress response. So simply addressing the source of that stress and addressing that stressor doesn't necessarily mean that you've completed the stress cycle. Have you ever felt like that? Like a super long to-do list, all of these things to do, you start checking them off and at the end of the day, you don't feel better. You don't feel any less stressed. You don't feel relaxed. You don't feel like you can actually calm down and sort of reset and you wake up the next day and you sort of feel the same. That's because you address the stressors, right? You checked those items off of your list, but you didn't address that stress response or complete that stress response. So what do we do? We can't always remove the stressor from our lives, especially when we work in medicine. But if you're a parent or a partner or a child of an ailing parent, what we do in life, it's impossible to live in this bubble, bubble that is stressor free. And if you work in healthcare, medicine is inherently a part of your life that is probably stressful by nature. So this episode is not about eliminating every single stressor in your life. It's about how to deal with your stress. And we deal with our stress by finding ways that work for us to complete that stress cycle. So we're not stuck in the middle. The single best way to complete the stress cycle is whatever works best for you. I'm going to share some evidence-based practices to help you complete that cycle, but there's not a one-size-fits-all. I can't tell you to do X, Y, and Z and that you'll be stress-free. And stress-free is completely an unreasonable goal. And I know it's infuriating to listen to a podcast episode that is designed to help you complete your stress response, but doesn't tell you exactly what you need. Part of this is practicing body awareness and mindfulness. We are often too busy, too distracted, and probably too burned out to be really tuned into our body or what our mind needs. Your body is sharing signals about stress and tension with you. It's important that you take time and find ways to listen to what your body is sharing with you, probably, hopefully, you know, ideally before you end up super burned out. So without further ado, here are some ways to complete that stress cycle. One of my very favorite things about being a podcaster is crossing paths with other incredible podcasters. 
If you love this show, especially when I share about my experience with healthcare burnout and recovery, you're going to want to check out the podcast, Burnout, What I've Learned So Far, hosted by my friend, Meg Letty. Meg is a former CT surgery PA turned advocate for healthcare provider wellness. Turn in to hear how she recovered from burnout and integrated well-being into her life to create a life of dreams, not nightmares. Add burnout, what I have learned so far with Meg Letty to your podcast queue to start your journey to wellness and healing today. So what do we do in the story with the lion? What do you do when you're being chased by a lion? You run. So what do you do in modern life when you're not a cave person anymore, when work and family life and all the things are stressing you out? You run or bike or dance or do yoga or Pilates or lift weight. You exercise and move your body in a way that feels good. The science tells us that between 20 and 60 minutes a day is best for most people to complete this stress cycle and that you should move most days. Because if you're anything like me, you probably experience stress most days. And that 20 to 60 minutes of structured exercise, if it's making you want to pause this episode, if it's making you want to chuck your device up against the wall or out the moving car window, because where the heck am I going to find an extra hour, Tracy? I want you to focus on starting small. You can stand up from your desk, take a deep breath, squeeze all your muscles as tight as you can, release them exhale and shake everything out. That will help you to release some of the stored stress in your body. You can do it when you're laying in bed at night. You can do it while you're walking into your kid's daycare. You can do it while you're on the move. You can do it if you have young children in car seats when they're buckling themselves. You know that age where they're like old enough to think they can do it themselves, but not really old enough to safely buckle themselves in without you checking and tightening the buckle. Take a deep breath. Squeeze all your muscles while you're waiting for them. Release and shake it out. Tell them you're shaking your sillies out. They'll think you're hilarious. Your body doesn't know what chart prep or stressful patients are. It doesn't understand administrative demands or that one kid of yours that you're worried about or that one patient that you're concerned isn't doing well. Your body doesn't speak English. Your body speaks Well, it speaks body language, which is why movement and breathing are so incredibly effective when it comes to completing this stress cycle. When we exercise, we're communicating to our body in a language that it actually understands that it is safe. When we exercise, we're saying the threat is gone. Your body is in a safe place again. Physical activity is the single most efficient strategy for completing the stress response cycle, and it doesn't have negative side effects, right? You're going to feel better. You're going to complete that stress cycle. You're going to be healthier overall. It does not have to be structured, formal exercise, lifting weights, doing yoga. You can have a dance party in the kitchen. You can move around. You can do lunges while you fold laundry. You do 20 jumping jacks before you flop down on the couch or walk an extra lap around the unit before going into that patient's room. Find ways to move that bring you joy and complete that stress response cycle on a regular basis. Next up is breathing. I want you to take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Take one more deep breath in through your nose 
and release the tension in your shoulders and between your eyebrows as you exhale. You understand how the human body works, so it will come as no surprise to you that slow, deep, intentional breaths downregulate your stress response. Deep breaths are particularly effective when you have a nice, long, slow exhale and your core muscles tighten at the end of your exhalation when you really kind of pull everything in as you're exhaling. Breathing. So simply being aware of and intentional with your breaths can help in a situation, two things. One, in a situation where you're about to blow, which is pretty much me anytime I'm interacting with my over-exhausted kids at bedtime who suddenly forget how our bedtime routine at our house goes. Or in a situation where the stress level isn't too high. So when you're about to blow and when your stress is like not too bad, when you're about to blow, taking some deep breaths can just take the edge off. When you're actually not that stressed, breathing could just sort of bring you back down from the edge of sort of launching into that stress response. So taking nice, slow, deep breaths is an awesome way to deal with trauma as it's happening, stress as it's occurring, or when you feel like you're reaching that boiling point. You can also try box breathing, where you take a deep belly breath in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, exhale for four seconds, and pause for four seconds. So just like you're inhaling up, holding across, exhaling down, and pausing across the four sides of a box. So the inhale, across, exhale, pause. You can do this box breathing in the elevator. You can do it while you're charting, in an M&M meeting, or when you're walking to your next patient's exam room. Breathing is one of these things that like if you started doing jumping jacks at your station, the nurses would like look at you sideways, but breathing, you're doing anyway. So taking that time to tune into your breath and really be intentional about kind of feeling how stressed am I? Can I breathe my way kind of down? Can I talk myself off the ledge instead of using words with using breath? Next up to help you complete your stress response cycle is positive social interactions. I bet you already knew this one intuitively, right? You feel better when you go out for girls night or poker night or get together for a book club or head out on a date night with your partner. That positive, relaxed social interaction helps your body to realize that not only is your body a safe place to be, but the world around you is a safe place to be too. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out event. It can be as simple as small talk with your MA or your nurse, complimenting the cafeteria worker, or saying an earnest thank you. Even having a positive interaction with the patient will remind your body that this is a safe place to exist, and it doesn't have to be ready for fight, flight, or freeze in this moment. All of these encounters serve as a reminder to your brain that all is well. No one else is running away from a lion, no one's seen a lion, and that you are in a safe place. <laughs> the next one is one of my favorite ways to deal with stress, laughter. I literally want to start laughing right now. Laughter is very powerful medicine. My kiddos have been the biggest teachers to me of how laughter works to diffuse stress and how it helps us to feel better and safer and happier. If you don't believe me, get a kid to genuinely belly laugh with you. Actual laughter is the best, but even science tells us that reminiscing out loud or in your mind about times that you've laughed deeply is so helpful. 
I'm talking those deep, improper, borderline rude belly laughs where you're snorting and really thankful that you went to pelvic floor physical therapy to rehab your pelvic floor so that you don't experience stress incontinence kind of laughter. Don't believe me? Google babies or toddlers laughing. Let your guard down and let yourself be silly, funny, and entertained. And take note of what your stress level is before and after you have that moment of laughter and joy. Next up is affection. Ooh la la, affection. Affection as a way to complete the stress response cycle is very powerful. So leaning on a deep connection with someone who loves us, respects us, and trusts us can do wonders to help you complete your stress cycle. It can be physical. A long, non-sexual hug can really help your body realize that it's safe. John Gottman cites this six-second kiss as something that you should be doing every day to your romantic partner if you have one and if they live in the same place as you. That's one six-second kiss, not six one-second kisses, which feels like an important distinction. In preparation for recording this episode and reading this data, (laughs) sort of gathering like, here's how you complete your stress response. Dan and I tried it. So Dan, of course, insisted that they had to be seven seconds long because six just didn't sound like enough for him. (laughs) So we've been doing seven second kisses, which work just as well. So here's why the six second rule exists, though, in case you're curious about why we have to kiss our partner for so long in order to feel safe. So six seconds has been found to be too long to kiss someone that you don't like or don't feel safe and secure with. So kissing for six seconds makes sure that you like, trust, and feel safe enough to let your guard down with this person. So nice, long, slow kisses, but also hugs. To have a really great positive hug that's going to improve your stress level and complete this cycle of stress, you want to hug someone that you love and trust for a complete 20 seconds. While both of you are standing over your own set of gravity, none of this leaning in like kind of partial hug stuff, but like a 20 second, like really solid, sturdy hug. So research shows that this nice, long, trusting hug, one that lasts at least 20 seconds, has the ability to do things like decrease your blood pressure, improve your heart rate, and boost your mood. These things happen because of the oxytocin you release in response to the social bonding you experience as a part of your embrace. If you're not wanting to walk around with a stopwatch timing your hugs and kisses or count in your head while you're getting kissed or you're giving a hug, you can hug until you both feel relaxed. This may feel a little awkward at first and can take some getting used to because 20 seconds is quite a bit longer than the average hug, but it's really effective way to sort of diffuse your stress and complete the stress response. What if you're all alone? So never fear. Even if there are no people around, you can complete your stress response cycle with petting a cat or hugging your dog. These activities have also been associated with this similar decrease in blood pressure, improvement in your vitals, and this social response that you feel loved and supported. So you get bonus points for taking a walk with your dog because you get both exercise and social interactions with others that you encounter, but also with your pup as a way to complete that stress response cycle. So a couple more ways to complete the stress response cycle. A nice, good cry. 
So feeling your feelings, letting your emotions out in the form of crying, sobbing, and taking those deep cleansing breaths at the end of a like emotional breakdown where you're really kind of losing it and letting out your tears can help to signal your body that the threat is no longer of concern, that you've addressed it, that you've dealt with it, and that you're kind of resetting and feeling better. The next one is creative expression. If you haven't read the book Unicorn Space by Eve Rodsky, I highly recommend it. I will link it in the show notes. It talks a lot about hobbies and passions and creativity and space for creativity in our very busy lives. So studies show that engaging in creative activities helps to complete the stress response cycle and also helps us to feel more excited, energetic, and enthusiastic than people who don't have a hobby or something fun to creatively express themselves. The bottom line here is that you have to find a way to complete the stress cycle. Otherwise, you'll be stuck in a high stress cyclone forever, where you feel like you're being chased by a lion eternally. Not only is that downright exhausting, but it's also terrible for your health. So try your best to move your body, share affection and laughter with those you love, take some deep breaths, and make time to creatively express yourself. You don't have to do them all, and you certainly don't have to do them every day, but you do need to find a way to complete that stress cycle, my friend. Living in stress is not a way that you can thrive. Simply telling yourself, all is well, everything's fine, it simply won't work. You have to speak your body's language, which isn't, remember, English. Powering through or berating yourself to get over it or be strong or hustle harder is simply not the answer here. Find the healing that you need on the other side of these strategies in order to complete your stress response. First, find what works for you. What activities help you no longer feel like there's a lion lurking around every corner? Second, create a practice of taking time to check in with your body. This means turning away from the stressor, tuning in and feeling how you're feeling, giving your body what it needs. It also means finding out what the completion of that stress response cycle looks like and feels like for you and being on the lookout for when you're stressed and when that stress level is rising and when you complete the cycle, determine if your coping mechanisms are working. Do you feel less stressed after you exercise or have a hug or take some deep breaths? Third, you have to deal with the stressor, but that's a topic for another way, another day. You cannot keep living in this fight, flight, freeze state of the nervous system overwhelm. Eventually, it will erode your mind and body until your well-being is non-existent. Looking back now, I can see that that's what happened to me when I was in the depths of my burnout. I wasn't dealing with my stress. I didn't have these tools to complete the stress response, and my body and physical and mental health suffered. I hope that these strategies can help you to recover from or avoid the burnout that I walked through. Wellness is not a state of being, but a state of action. Each time you take a step towards wellness, you're casting a vote for the whole, well, healed person that you want to be. That's all for now. I'll see you next time on The PA Is In. Congratulations. You've just joined an awesome club. By listening to a full episode of the PA is in, you are officially on the Unicorn PA team. Welcome aboard. 
What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episode of the show. The life of your dreams exists on the other side of taking action. Keep making small shifts and keep getting better. Your life will improve, your career will soar, and you will have the confidence you need to create your own success. I will see you in the next episode. This PA is out.